The Denver Broncos free agency preview continues as we take a look at the defensive line. Could the Broncos look for another true no tackle to help back up Mike Purcell or maybe even become an eventual starter in the free agency period? What about defensive line depth at the DN positions? We take a look at some of the Broncos expiring contracts, unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents, and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos. Your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we covered the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. Thank you, Broncos country, for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. We appreciate you tuning in, whether it's on your favorite audio podcasting platform or if you watch us here on video here on YouTube. Lockdown Broncos, hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications if you haven't done so just yet. We appreciate you tuning in every single day. Sarah, look, defensive line for the Broncos, we continue our free agency preview. A lot of interesting names out there that will be available in the free agency market. You know you can never have enough defensive line depth. The Broncos have had some young guys emerge in the last year or two. However, there's been some concerns about the depth specifically at the nose tackle, defensive tackle position. Can't wait to break it all down with you, my man. I can't wait, Cody. I mean, if, if any, there, if ever there was a Super Bowl, that was an indicator of how important the defensive line is. I mean, we just saw it, right? The Cincinnati Bengals, they made it to the Super Bowl based on the strength, obviously, of their quarterback and their offense. But the defensive line really, really came through for them over the course of that playoff run. And then, of course, there's no Aaron Donalds available in free agency this year. But... <laughs> You know, Aaron Donald and that that Rams defensive line, they, they really showed what value, you know, an interior pass rush can bring to the table for you. So as we put on our general manager hats and we look at, you know, even the Broncos' most successful recent team, how they were built on the defensive line and how many playmakers they had up front there, I think obviously this is going to be a fun episode for us to kind of dive in to what I think is a really deep group on the D-line in free agency. Well, one look at it as well. The Broncos will have one unrestricted and one restricted free agent on the defensive line group. So that bodes well in terms of, hey, everybody for the most part for Denver, they're coming back. But let's take a look back at some of the storylines from the 2021 season regarding the defensive line. Now, I think coming into it, I think everybody was on the same boat as saying, hey, the Broncos need to find a way to generate that interior pass rush. Because look, coming into the season on the outside, you're going to have Bradley Chubb. You're going to have Von Miller. You're going to have Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones, who's going to finally get the chance to start. And then at the nose tackle position, you have to find a way to really get that pressure inside that A-gap. And Mike Purcell, when healthy, was really good against the run, but was never really that design guy to generate the interior pressure. There's times he did it, but he wasn't a consistent interior pass or threat from the A-gap position there. So, you know, I think that was one thing that Broncos fans are looking forward to potentially seeing in 2021. We didn't see too much of it. But in 2022, I know it's going to be a focal point there. But let's talk about a Shelby Harris from the prior year, getting rewarded for his play. George Payton comes in, gives him the three-year contract extension. And obviously, Shelby Harris, super excited about that. When I had a chance to sit down with him in Los Angeles last week at Radio Row, he talked about it. He talked about the emergence of guys like Sosa, Draymond Jones. I mean, these are a multitude of guys here that the Broncos will have at the defensive line position. I'd say probably for the next three to four years, potentially five years with this entire group. So I'm stoked about that. That going back on the season, how did you feel about all of them? 
I, I love the the core that you've got here, obviously, with Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones being at the top of the list. And I love what Shelby said to you in his interview. You know, he, he and he said this since he signed that contract. Right. He talks about the fact that George Payton giving him a contract shows that if you play well, you know, the Denver Broncos are going to reward you for the great work that you do on the field. And so that 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 gives hope to guys like Draymond Jones now entering a contract season. But obviously, I think, Cody, for me, that the defensive line left a bit to be desired outside of those two guys last year. I felt like Shelby Harris did his part to live up to the new contract hype. He had a really good season. And then I feel like Draymond Jones, as, as much as we talked about him in the offseason and training yeah. camp, I feel like he really also lived up to the billing and had that one just absolute dominant series that in the season that everybody's going to remember, you know, where he just kind of single handedly shut down a drive. So I, I just think that those two guys at the top, that gives you some it gives you some peace of mind as you go to sleep at night. If you're George Payton, just knowing that you have those two guys to build around. But outside of that, Cody, I don't know how you feel about this. I felt like the rest of the D-line was just okay. It wasn't even I was I wouldn't even say it was necessarily like really good or like yeah, that that guy really impressed me. I feel yeah. like it was just okay all around. And and that was exactly it, right? It was okay. And specifically when the Broncos needed to stop the run. Just remember that Cleveland game where it's like the Ernest Justin, like the Broncos defensive line, the linebackers for the most part, I mean, they were just getting pushed back and there was not a lot of pressure, especially on a backup quarterback. I mean, that was the real issue here for the Broncos is when they weren't getting a pass rush, teams were running at will on them, and that was very frustrating. You want a guy to step up. Remember all the training camp hype surrounding Sosa, McTelvin, Aguim, like how good, how dominant he was? And then we constantly throughout the season saw him on the inactive list. Now, I think for us sitting where we were at, we're like, What's going on? Like, why isn't Sosa getting on the field? We heard all these things about him in training camp, and all of a sudden now on game day, he's not even part of the rotation. Then there were times he was, and actually when he was in the games, his impact was there. But then we'd see him inactive the next week, and it's like, okay, hey, what's going on with the rotation here? Then there was the instance early on, I mean, late in the season too, about Mike Purcell. Mike Purcell was a healthy scratch against one of these teams. I believe it was Kansas City on Sunday Night Football. And they said the the real premise behind it was, well, we're going to be in nickel a lot. We're not going to really have to try to stop the run tonight. And I think that was, you know, very mind boggling for me. And Mike Purcell, obviously, as humble as he is, he was upset and he was frustrated about that. And rightfully so. I mean, he's been a starter on the defense all year long. And all of a sudden he's inactive one week. Then, you know, he's back active. But it's like there was something up with the Broncos rotation there. And obviously we know that Bill Kolar will be back, but as a defensive consultant for the defensive line. So I'm not sure how things will go. I'm sure that evaluation that he's had is there, but how much of that was Vic Fangio saying, hey, we're not going to roll with this guy this week versus Coach Kolar? I mean, I have no idea. So, you know, I think I, I think for me, this defensive line unit, they're young. They have a lot of talent, Sarah. And I don't think anyone can dispute the talent and the potential that they have but they need more. I mean, Shelby Harris is fighting double teams. The pass rushers are fighting double teams and chips there. Those interior guys have to find a way to get home. And you know what would help? If you blitz the linebackers, you send the inside linebackers on blitzes like we've seen previously. They had success doing it. I think that was also an issue why the Broncos defensive line wasn't as great in terms of statistical production that we expected from the overall unit. So that's kind of our thoughts and our recap here on the Broncos defensive line from the 2021 season. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. Both Sarah Bettinger, myself, we're going to take a look at the Broncos pending unrestricted free agents and restricted free agents that they 
they have on the defensive line. Should the Broncos swipe right and bring them back or swipe left and move on and look ahead to some other options that could be available on the free agency market? We get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about BetOnline.net, the sponsor of today's episode. Lockdown Broncos and football season might be over, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and for college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to your Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, sir, as we jump into the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, once again, mile high salute here to everybody in Broncos country for taking time out of your day to listen or to watch both Sarah Benninger and myself talk all things Denver Broncos with you, the avid members across Broncos country. We are so grateful for you, for your interaction, and for you making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. But, Sarah, let's get to the pending free agents that are coming up here for the Broncos here this offseason at the defensive line position here. And I think when we look at unrestricted Shamar Steven, one of the guys that the Broncos, George Payton had brought over in the offseason. Obviously, some veteran ties uh, to Payton there. Had a lot of evaluation on there, but to add a veteran presence to the roster, didn't see much contribution from Shamar Stephan in the way that I think we had hoped or intended to, uh, especially in the preseason. I mean, he was rotating in with the third string, the fourth string guys at one point of the preseason. I get it. You know, you can't really look too far into preseason, but it was one of those surprising moves where you go out and you get him and it didn't really have the impact you thought it necessarily would, but depth was a need for the Broncos here at the defensive line position. He's set to become an unrestricted free agent. Now, Sarah, in your opinion, would you bring him back here in 2022? You know, for me, Cody, I, I would kind of just wait that one out and see, you know, what happens in the rest of free agency and the NFL draft as well. I feel like, Shamar was the kind of guy that they brought in as a familiar face who has played, you know, a significant amount in the NFL, somebody that you could throw onto the field and know that maybe he's not going to go out and get you 10 sacks, obviously, but maybe he can go out there and he can play effective against the run on a limited number of snaps. But like you said, it wasn't necessarily a thing where the Broncos brought him in and he's just this veteran who comes in and immediately he's in your starting lineup and immediately he's making a big impact. And I think obviously they need some better difference makers than that on the defensive line this coming season. So to me, I personally wouldn't bring him back at least right away. I would maybe kind of wait and see, Hey, a training camp and injury comes up and he's still available. That's, that's kind of where I would put him on my priority list personally. I think that's a fair assumption and, and kind of an assessment there on where he's at. Obviously, a veteran guy there. Didn't really do much to crack the rotation. I know that Draymond Jones at one point of the season dealt with a little bit of an injury, fought through it, missed, I think, a game or two due to that foot injury. But for the most part, you know, you just got to get a little bit more contribution from those guys. And and really, Sarah, I think the hard point for me is not really knowing where the true answer was here for this defensive line as to why it didn't meet the high expectations that we had as a unit or if that was just based on scheme. Because, look, playing in a 3-4 defense, you have your D end, your nose tackle, your D end, and your two outside linebackers there. You know, a lot of that, I mean, it's hard to be able to get that consistency versus where you're running the 4-3. Nothing really changes except just your alignment and make sure you have guys that compress the edge of the line of scrimmage. Outside of that, the Broncos scheme, I think for the most part, you know, was conducive on staying in that nickel out of that 3-4 scheme. And, and sometimes you can only do certain things. 
but we'll also see how things go as well. So uh, there's another guy that stood out, and, and I feel like for a guy that impacted in the rotation, I want to talk about Deshaun Williams, a guy that was a huge success story being a training camp camp body for the last couple of years, making the active roster and back-to-back seasons. Deshaun Williams, when he got in the game and when he was healthy, I felt like his impact on the field definitely made the Broncos' defense better, in your opinion. Will you bring him back? Because he is set to become a restricted free agent. And I think with what we've seen, and obviously if Coach Kalar is still there as that consultant, he's going to have a lot of insight as to, you know, telling George Payton, this coach staff, like, hey, you know, this is a guy that'll be, you know, He's not going to start for you more than likely, but he will do well in the productive reps that he gets in a rotational role. I think that's exactly the reason to give him an offer as a restricted free agent. Maybe not necessarily prioritize him super highly as like a second round tender candidate, which that would come at like a four million price tag or roughly four million somewhere, give or take. But as an original round guy, like we mentioned on yesterday's episode, if it comes in around a million bucks or whatever the case may be, that's not going to be really any issue for your salary cap. He's valuable depth in that regard, and I agree. I feel like of the backup defensive lineman, Cody, for the Denver Broncos over the last two seasons, you'd be hard-pressed to tell me that anybody has made you know bigger splash plays than this guy, right? I mean, yeah. he's got the interception. He's Actually, he's got multiple interceptions. So, I mean, he's he's shown that he'll go out there and he's going to give it his all. He's going to play hard uh, and he's got some he's got some chops. I mean, the guy can play. So I think for a restricted free agent, you're looking at a a potential bargain there, at least for one more year. Right. And I think he deserves that. He's earned that. He went out there. He played well enough to earn that one year restricted free agent tender. So to me, Deshaun Williams, I think, is a guy that you definitely look at bringing back as a depth piece or at least somebody hit compete in training camp and depending on who we bring in you may or may not make it but best case scenario you're one of the top six guys and we can keep you in the rotation going forward Deshaun Williams is the prime example of what happens when you really focus on player development, Sarah. And I think that it's paid off dividends for him. You know, I think a lot of people have expectations about players, even like draft status. If you're drafted in round one, you have to meet this expectation right away. He is more so along the lines, I feel like, where the Broncos coaching staff, it took three training camps, Sarah, for him to really crack on with Denver. And he was cut multiple times, but he never gave up. And I think that is a huge key for a guy to develop while not being on an active roster at some point, And then to come into training camp and dominate to the sense of like, hey, okay, we're going to reward this guy because he has done everything that we've said and he's made progress. That is the thing that we like the most here. So uh, I'm with it, Sarah. I I would definitely bring back Deshaun Williams. But now let's take a look at some of the veteran options that are available on the free agency market here. DN, nose tackle. I'm a big believer in saying I feel like the Broncos do need another nose tackle behind Mike Purcell to back him up. Because when Mike Purcell's gone down with an injury, the Broncos have really struggled to find another guy that they can place there that could be that anchor inside the A and B gaps the way that Purcell has been when healthy. And we'll talk about Purcell's injuries, you know, throughout the last couple of years and how that's impacted him. But let's take a look at some of the options there. There's a guy in Chicago set to become a free agent, Akeem Hicks. And obviously, a dominant force where he can play inside, he can play defensive end, and a lot of it's going to be contingent upon where is he at? How do you view him as an organization? Do you view him as a starter, or do you view him as a guy that can back up a Shelby Harris who's already got that starting money? He's a starter there at DN already. And Draymond Jones, who has earned that starting role for Denver. So I think a lot of it's going to be like, is Akeem Hicks at this point of his career ready to maybe be potentially a backup and rotate on what could be a very good defense? 
And I think that's the going to be the tough thing to convince him and his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, right? I mean, that's yes. how do you convince Drew Rosenhaus that Akeem Hicks is going to be a rotational guy? So I think when, when Fangio was around and Ed Donatello and that whole crew, I feel like that was a good opportunity for maybe the Broncos to say, hey, let's, let's go out and trade for Akeem Hicks and get him in town. Uh, at this point, Cody, I don't know. I think he's obviously one of the biggest names available on free agency. I agree with you. I think he can get a push from the interior. I think he can play a variety of positions. You just can't help but wonder, with Drew Rosenhaus leading those negotiations, is he going to hold out for top dollar? Or does he want to go to a team that's maybe like, you know, ready-made for a title this coming season? I mean, unless the Broncos acquire a QB between now and the and the negotiating window for free agents, you can't help but wonder if that's going to factor into Hicks's decision, given the fact that he's over 30. I, th- I think he's going to be 32 or 33 Ooh. this season. So obviously he's one of the biggest names out there and very, very productive player. But does he fit with the Broncos' current context and the way that things currently are? That's tough to say. It will be tough to say, but there's also another guy that's set to become an unrestricted free agent that is a veteran option that the Broncos have targeted before, has some hometown ties, but there's also a chance he could retire, and that's Calais Campbell from the Baltimore Ravens. Now, for him, I think he's also dealt with a variety of injuries in the last couple of years, but he's such an impact player. Would he be willing to potentially come home? And maybe at this point of his career, like you mentioned with Akeem Hicks, would he be willing to be a backup? Which, you know, for a guy like Calais Campbell, I'm like, I have a very hard time believing he would be willing to be a backup. Now, could he play at the nose tackle position? Probably, but I don't think that best suits him. I think he's best suited as playing that three technique at times, also playing that four eye inside the tackle, or even the five where he's on the outside shoulder of the tackle. That's where I feel like he's the most best because he can punch, squeeze down, and step into that gap there to close off the running lanes and allows your linebackers to fill. And he also can keep contained, and you have to hope your your guys, your nickel, your corner guys, your safeties can flow and make sure you have the proper run fits. What are your thoughts? on Calais Campbell I mean it's an intriguing name to throw out it is you know and I think that obviously there was a time when I think the Broncos were really really close to getting him to signing him even without a quarterback situation in place right I mean his ties to Denver are pretty strong and there's no question about that but in the end I think it was wasn't at the time that he was signing with the Jaguars where his wife was kind of the determining factor of which one do you want to, which offer do you want to take Denver or Jacksonville? And, and they ultimately decided to go to Jacksonville where he had some really good seasons. Yeah. So I, I think that there, if he's always wanted to be a Bronco Cody, that, that might be the Broncos best bet here. He might be willing to take a reduced role knowing that, I mean, you know, as you get older injuries could start to pile up, you know, and, and playing for the Denver Broncos playing for George Payton, obviously. And, and the, those type of people, the Broncos coaching staff, obviously very young coaching staff. So Calais Campbell could kind of come in and maybe be a coach on the field for some of your guys. I know this isn't necessarily a defense that he's played in before, but at the same time, you know, how badly does he want to have played for the Denver Broncos? Like, is that, is that part of his NFL bucket list, so to speak? So if that's the case, I could definitely see, a situation where Calais Campbell would come home to Denver for sure. An intriguing prospect to keep an eye on here in NFL free agency. Broncos country, let us know. Would you like to see Calais Campbell in a Denver Broncos uniform coming into the 2022 NFL season? We're going to get to some more names that are available on the free agency market coming up here in just a moment. But first, I have to tell you about Built Bar, the other sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. And look, while free agency has a wide variety of different targets, 
Well, Built Bar has a wide variety of different flavors, nine flavors to be exact out of the original flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavors that you can get at Built.com here today. And if you need a little bit of extra fuel to get you through your day, a little bit of power to it, well, guess what? Built Bar has you covered because the bars, they contain 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar. And that is fantastic value for something that when you take a bite into it, it's soft, it's easy to chew, and it's also covered in 100% milk chocolate. So you can go to Built.com. Right here, right now. Find a flavor and find a box that best suits you and your taste buds and what you need in your day to day. And when you go to checkout, make sure you use promo code LOCK15. You know what that's going to do? That's going to get you 15% off your next order at built.com. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off at built.com. All right, sir, as we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, our free agency preview continues. We've been breaking down different free agency positions for the Denver Broncos because free agency is legitimately just under a month away, and we'll have you covered all throughout free agency frenzy. What moves the Broncos do make? Could they get their franchise quarterback? You want to hear some of those other previews? Make sure you go back and you check out the playlist on YouTube for the free agency previews. We have you covered with all the ones that we've talked about previously as is, but we continue on here today. We're just talking about Akeem Hicks. We're talking about Calais Campbell. Who are some other names out there, sir, as we get into the final quarter of today's action that maybe you have interest in the Broncos maybe inquiring about? Well, I think it's first, I think it's important for everyone listening to know. I think this is a deep defensive line class in free agency, Cody. I really do. I know that, uh, you know, you look at this list of names and, and there's some big names on there, but they're kind of like older, past their prime. And then there's some other names on there that may not be as recognizable, but they're guys that are really highly respected by folks in the analytics community. You know, Pro Football Focus likes a lot of these guys, but they're also guys that have kind of just been flying under the radar because they're not, you know, Aaron Donald, right? So I think there's some productivity to be had on the free agent market. And one guy, uh, and and Cody, we if we sign this guy, we're going to have to really practice this name. But <laughs> Folaronso Fatukasi from the New York Jets, they they put together, you know, a really good year this past year on the defensive line. I, I know yeah. that obviously they, they have some players that the Broncos kind of, you know, we looked at who could we trade for in the offseason to upgrade the D-line. And the Jets obviously had a couple guys that were – on yeah. the radar. So I think Fatu Kasi is a guy that he's obviously more of a run stuffer, big, big player, former Connecticut guy, uh, 6'4", 320 pounds-ish. He can play on the inside like we talked about. And I just feel like, you know, the situation is ripe for him to kind of go to another NFL city and really be a bigger name. Um, he, he honestly already has quite a big name on just quite frankly, but at the same time, in terms of being a star player in the NFL, no sacks this past season, but that doesn't mean that he didn't play well. He still got pressures, he still got QB hits, and he still helped stuff the run. So I like him, and then I like another uh, another guy who kind of has been flying under the radar the past few years. The New York Giants traded B.J. Hill to the Cincinnati Bengals this past season, Cody, and he had a really, really big year in his contract season. Well, I think the thing about B.J. Hill, too, when Larry Ogunjobi went down with an injury, B.J. Hill had to step up, and in moments, especially in the AFC Championship game, I mean, you go back to the divisional round, two against the Tennessee Titans, and even in the Super Bowl, B.J. Hill came up big with several big plays and a couple of sacks. I mean, he was an impact player in the rotation on the defense there for the Bengals. I, I kind of like this as one of those under-the-radar, could the Broncos target him, because he's already playing in the role where he was kind of that backup rotational guy could he be the guy that eventually comes in? Because, look, Mike Purcell, I believe, to my knowledge, has, I think, one or two years left on his contract. He obviously had the extension, and I think the team has an option after the season to be able to determine what they want to do. But 
you still have to address that defensive interior. And B.J. Hill, in my opinion, is a little bit of an acre for what the Broncos want there. And it would also address the concerns that, hey, you don't necessarily have to go out in this year's NFL draft and maybe spend a second or third round pick on a nose tackle when the reality is we don't know how deep this class is just yet. We haven't gotten that far in our analysis to preview the NFL draft. But B.J. Hill, I think when you look at where you want to try to be as a team, Yes, you want to focus on development, but you're also trying to win now. And the Broncos are trying to win. They're trying to win games in 2022 and the next couple of years. So it's like you have these young guys you can still develop while you're doing this, but go out and get a veteran guy that gives you the best chance to win. I like the B.J. Hill pick. There's also another guy from the San Francisco 49ers in D.J. Jones. I mean, Sarah, you're bringing up guys here, too, on this list that you mentioned. Maybe not have a lot of sacks here. And I think everyone always looks at the stat box and say, oh, yeah, this guy had this many sacks, this many sacks. I always like to look at what you mentioned, quarterback hits. I like to look at pressures, quarterback knockdowns. These are the most important statistics because it shows, I think, a trend of can this guy get pressure on the quarterback? Can they get there? Yes, they can. Do they get home all the time to secure a sack? Maybe not, but they're getting there. That is the most important analysis part, I think, when you look at free agent defensive linemen in general. It is. You have to look at the the entire output from all of these different guys. You know, a, a player might have zero sacks, but he might be one of the better pass rushers on his team just because of the fact that other guys are cleaning up the, the great work that he's doing. And for, for a guy like DJ Jones of the 49ers, obviously, 17 tackles for loss is another category that I think gets overlooked. Yes. 17 tackles That's for like loss. That's like pass rusher numbers, edge rushers. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. So for an interior lineman to be making those kind of plays – behind the line of scrimmage that's huge you know you've got to have guys that can win one-on-one matchups especially in the AFC West where the quarterback play is so strong because 17 tackles for loss in two seasons to me Cody that shows that that's a guy that can win his one-on-one matchups on the interior defensive line and there's a few guys like that I mean one player that I think we need to mention because he has connections to the Broncos coaching staff which is always 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 important when you're looking at putting together like free agency predictions connecting these little dots here Sebastian Joseph Day of the Los Angeles Rams suffered a pectoral injury seven games into the season this past year but in those seven games he had three sacks he had five quarterback hits and obviously the Broncos have brought in a few Rams assistants this offseason obviously Ejiro Evero the defensive coordinator but also Marcus Dixon the new defensive line coach Cody who was an assistant D-line coach for the Rams last year that's a those are dots right there that you connect and you say okay who, what are what are we looking for? We, we need to address the interior D-line and free agency. Let's bring in a guy who was playing really well for us last year before injury. Maybe even get him at a little bit of a discount because of that injury. I think Sebastian Joseph Day, a former Rutgers player, is a name that we need to keep our eyes on for the Denver Broncos, given that this is such a need. But there's some other veteran guys available as well that, you know, maybe you make a bigger splash and bring one of these guys in. I'm all about connections, right? It's, it's about who you know. We've seen that with the coaching staff. We've seen that just in general in the football business about who you know and who you can connect with. But Sheldon Richardson, another name that has been often linked to some conversations at Broncos country. I know a lot of fans have been like, let's go out and let's go get Sheldon Richardson here this offseason. Now, coming over from the Minnesota Vikings, you mentioned there's you know another player there that has some ties to, to George Payton. He's still a solid pass rusher and also a run stuffer there. It also goes to that thing there. Is he willing to be a backup? Which, you know, it's super weird to think about these guys that are starters or that what's, you know, high profile guys in the NFL at times. 
and you're ever wondering like, hey, at some point, are they willing to be a backup guy? I feel like it's for me, I, I don't want to sound like I'm disrespecting any athlete that says like, do, does this person want to come here to be a backup? Well, the reality is you never know how things could go. They could push somebody out of the starting lineup. I mean, it's all about having the best 11 players on the field. But Sheldon Richardson's one of them. Brandon Williams. There's even Nadama Kinsu as another guy there. I mean, would Broncos fans welcome a guy like Nadama Kinsu? I mean, I feel like we haven't heard too much about him in the last couple of years. I mean, which could be a good thing, but I mean, uh, the other times you heard about him was, you know, for some questionable plays there. But I remember him being on that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive line, and he was an impact player for him. He was, and obviously, he's a guy who remember back when he was with the Los Angeles Rams a few years ago. I don't know if necessarily he worked directly with with Evero on on the defensive yeah. side of the ball. I know he worked with the safeties, but I mean, obviously, those two probably know each other. And when he was with the Rams, I know Sue had to play some nose tackles. So. If we're talking about the possibility of, hey, you want to come here, you want to make eight to 10 million bucks and play some nose tackle for us and maybe, you know, split time with somebody else. I think that'd be a pretty sweet gig for him late in his career. I feel like Ndamukong Sue is the type of guy that he's kind of like a great three point shooter. I feel like he's going to be doing what he does well until the day that he dies, basically. You know, he's just like he's always going to be effective on the interior defensive line. It feels like he's just one of those types of athletes. And so there's, there's guys like him. There's guys like Linval Joseph, Cody, who obviously George Payton was part of signing him in Minnesota a couple of years ago. So there's players out there. The the Broncos are going to have, and we, we only just scratched the surface here. So there's plenty of playmakers on the D line <laughs> that the Broncos are going to be able to consider. And man, we're going to have a fun time breaking it all down for sure. There are so many. I mean, you mentioned, too, like defensive line is so deep this year in terms of free agency that we probably can't get to every single name on the list. A couple other guys, Larry Ogunjobi, as we know, he did suffer a season-ending injury for the Bengals. Will he be back in Cincinnati? What's the recovery look like that could impact that? Jaron Reed of the Kansas City Chiefs, in-house division rival. I mean, what better way to kind of get some insight intel on how things go than bringing in an AFC West divisional foe to kind of give you some of that intel that you might need. Just some options here that the Denver Broncos may look at. And I think as well, too, What's going to be the the next step for McTelvin Aguim Sosa? I mean, we see a lot of promise out of him, but it's like he hasn't under Vic Fangio. We had high expectations of him coming in his rookie season as a fourth rounder. And even like even this last season, like, hey, he's going to come in and step up. We didn't get to see that. And I don't know if the coaching staff just believed he wasn't ready, but or are they just letting him develop behind these veteran guys? That's a lot of questions. And we'll see where the Broncos focus their mindset is at regarding defensive line and interior this offseason once the NFL free agency period begins. But ladies and gentlemen, that'll wrap up today's episode. Lockdown Broncos here in your favorite podcast and provider here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on notifications. We'll share Benjamin myself. We appreciate all the interaction we get here in the YouTube comment section on Twitter at Cody Orkin Film at Sarah Bettinger. We appreciate you. We can't wait to continue. Now we're going to take a look on Monday's episode of Locked On Broncos. Our free agency preview continues where we take a look at the offensive line. We look at tackle. We look at interior. Could the Broncos go out and spend money on the offensive line this offseason? We take a look at that on Monday's episode. Locked On Broncos. Have a safe weekend. Enjoy your time. We love you, Broncos country.